Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another show and Merry Almost Christmas. I know that if you are listening in real time, Christmas is just four days away, which honestly blows my mind. I feel like it has been a very weird season since we moved so recently. We're still just kind of trying to get settled, but obviously we are able to celebrate the true reason for the Christmas season, and that has been really sweet, especially having a three-month-old. I just feel like having fresh babies around reinforces like what a miracle it was that Jesus came to earth as a child. So that is something I've just been thinking about lately. Thank you so much for being here also. Um, If you have been a part of this community, I am just so thankful. If it's your first time, I'm also so thankful. Please take a second to consider leaving a rating or a review and sharing the show on your stories. It means so much to us and it's a great way to support the show. Also, just want to say that if you're listening, you're going to get a little insider info for a second because I have kind of alluded to a retreat or I guess not alluded to, I've like done some polls and things trying to get a feel for what people are interested in, but... We are currently planning a retreat for April in Kansas City, Missouri, and there will be five spots open, I believe. No, six. I'm sorry. Um, Six spots. So I will be sharing more information very soon on our Instagram. I'm trying to get everything nailed down in the next couple of weeks, but it is going to be a Thursday through Sunday. We are working on planning some like flower workshops and some um, just like coffee dates, visiting Homesong Market. If you have heard of them before it's just going to be a really sweet intentional time to rest and get to know each other in real life and do some fun creative things so please keep an eye out for that and if you have any questions that you can think of I'll probably answer them but you're also more than welcome to reach out and ask So today's episode is with my friend Abby, Abby Littlefield, and this is such a rich conversation, you guys. She is very passionate about ethical and sustainable missions, and she's so passionate about it that she actually co-founded a nonprofit last year, not to mention she is 24, so that's amazing. (laughs) And then she also shares the story of how she actually fundraised her salary for that job, Um, And just like the miracles that God has done in her life in the past year. Abby also shares about her recent transition into a career in graphic design, which was unexpected. And she also shares about the realities of being engaged. She is now married, but we talked just a little bit about like seasons that are really sweet, but they can also be hard and how that like joy and sadness I guess can like coexist at the same time so it's such a rich conversation I know you're absolutely going to love it here is my conversation with Abby Abby welcome to the love in a cottage podcast I am so excited to be talking with you today Thank you so much, Paige. I am so stoked to be here. I told you this is like the biggest honor. I've never been on a podcast before. So here we are. (laughs) I think that's so fun. I've actually found that like, I feel like the majority of people I have on, it's like their first time on a podcast. And that is obviously so special for me. And it's fun because I feel like the conversations then, like, I don't know if you're a big podcast listener, but sometimes I listen to someone and I love that guest and I like type in to go find other interviews that they've done. And then sometimes it's a little bit sad because I'm like, wait, these are like the same interviews. So I try to like switch it up a little bit, but especially if it's someone who hasn't been on, it's just such an honor for me to be like 
doing that for the first time. Yeah. So Abby, you and I took a hormones course with Kinsey Olson. She's at Motherland Birth Co. on Instagram. And I don't know about you. I think we finished the course like a year ago. That just was so life-changing for me. It was so good. Yeah. Kinsey's incredible. Yeah. I had joined that course because I was engaged. And so I was kind of looking through some birth control options and decided I did not want to go on hormonal birth control. And so I started looking into just more natural forms of birth control. And with that, you know, just hormonal health in general. And so I found Kenzie and loved everything that she talked about. And that course, yeah, definitely has like has transformed a lot of the habits I've created in my life. And yeah, there are so many things I still implement from that course and she's amazing. So yeah, that's so cool how, yeah, it's fun to reflect on that like a year later and how even like as you began your marriage, you were able to implement some of those things like right off the bat. I think that's so awesome. We were actually talking right before we hit record. Allie is going to be coming on the show in the early, Uh um, next year and she was in our course too so I think that's so fun how just like organically yeah all of these connections so that is how we first kind of got connected if you could start off by sharing a bit about your family who you are what you do and where you live yeah so my name is Abby Littlefield I am 24 years old and I live in Nashville Tennessee um, with my husband, Carson, we're newlyweds. So we got married about 10 months ago, which has been so fun. It's been just the best season. I've loved every second. And so, yeah, I was kind of, I was born and raised in a town called Murfreesboro. It's about 30 minutes outside Nashville. So Nashville really is home to me. And we've really, even since we got married, we've really built community here and we feel like we have roots here and we love it. Um, and then, what I do for a living, I always tell people it's like a little bit complicated, but it's kind of twofold. So one, I co-founded a nonprofit organization last year called Kindred Exchange. And the nonprofit is really focused focused on ethical and sustainable missions, which I know we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. So I won't get too much into that. Um, but I get to serve part-time as the creative director for that organization, um, which is so fun. And then Also, the other thing is very new, like I'm officially actually launching it today, but (laughs) I'm so pumped, but I am launching a web and brand design business um, and I haven't even like fully announced the name of it yet. I'm going to do that today on Instagram, but it's going to be called Ember Designs. So I love that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I cannot wait to hear like your full story about kind of just your journey with both of those things. Um, That's going to be like the bulk of what we're talking about. But I just have to say Nashville sounds so fun to me. I don't know. I was looking through my like saved funny memes last night on Instagram. And one of them was a tweet that someone had said, me visiting literally anywhere I'm going to move here. Yes. <laughs> that is so <laughs> me. I went through a season where I was like, Nashville, that is it. Like I honestly, I think I visited over a decade ago and I don't remember anything, but from what I've seen, it's an amazing place and there are some great like church communities and yeah, it just sounds like such a fun place to be a newlywed in too. Is your husband originally from Tennessee as so well? His dad's in the Air Force. So they move like every few years. So Nashville's actually the longest Carson's ever stayed in one place. And it's been five years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's so so wild. it's been crazy. And honestly, like he is, he has the itch to move. I mean, he's like, that's his whole life. That's all he knows. And then for me, I kind of have the itch too, because I've lived here my whole life. So I'm like, I just want to like, go somewhere and experience something else. Um, And so we had really talked about moving away after our first year of marriage. And we actually just signed a lease on another apartment for that we're moving into at the end of January. So we have decided we're going to stay here a little while longer. Um, But it just, it feels so right. Like we want to go and move and see more of the world, but we're also like, this is where God wants us right now. Like we feel confident in that. Mm -hmm. So it really, it's, it's home. So we love it. That's amazing. Well, maybe I'll convince John to like come and 
visit you guys. <laughs> you guys need to come visit us. Yeah, definitely. That would be so fun. Nashville's growing a lot. It's a cool city. Yeah, that's what I've like seen is just that there's so much growth happening, which is awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, girly. So we are going to dive in. I remember when I went to your Instagram profile after, like I said, being in this course with you, and I was so fascinated by Kindred Exchange and just you talking about ethical and sustainable missions because a passion of mine in the last couple of years has been just shopping ethically and sustainably in general, like especially with clothing and really asking myself questions like, what is the heart of God with this? Like it's, there's so much tension there. Um, I actually have a friend named Maddie who I'm hoping to have come on the show next year as well, who shares a lot about ethical and sustainable clothing and how that should um, be reflected in our lives as Jesus followers. But I would love to hear from you, how would you define the term, you know, ethical and sustainable missions? And where did this passion come from for you? Yeah, that's so good. Um, well, I want to preface this with I am the student in what in what I do. Like truly, the I have so many mentors um, in you know connections through Kindred Exchange that have become mentors for me. And a lot of what I'm going to talk about today has been, I mean, really learned in the past year, if not like a couple years maybe. But like it's it's all really new for me. So. Um, and that's part of like what we love to do at Kendrick Exchange is we like to create this safe space where we can have these conversations and grow together. Cause that's, I mean, that's what we all need to be doing is looking for ways to grow and to learn from, um, ways that we've done things in the past that don't, you know, work as great as they need to, and just continue to adapt and innovate. And so, um, yeah, I just want to start it off with that. Um, I'm the student, but I have come to define sustainable missions as really partnering through our mutual brokenness. I think that's something um, that maybe we haven't done as well in the past when it comes to traditional missions is we, I think as a church, um, as a Western church, we approach missions in a way of we are coming to help others and we don't need help, you know? Um, We don't acknowledge our own brokenness, but I think um, when it comes to sustainable missions, it's really, that's the mindset shift is you're going from, I'm going, you know, you're going from this mindset of I'm going to go help these people or this community to, I'm going to go connect with these people and I'm going to let them fill me up just as much as I'm going to fill them up. Um, And I think that's so beautiful, but I think practically um, sustainable missions is it's really partnerships that are built through humble and authentic relationships. Um, it's bringing up solutions to problems that um, create long-term impact and that they, and that bring dignity to the people that you're helping. So, so yeah, good. That's how I would define it. <laughs> wow. So, and then, and then your second question, how I like really came to have an interest in all this Um I think that's that's kind of part of my testimony, which I can kind of get into. But I, I've been on a lot of mission trips. Um, I started going on mission trips when I was a freshman in high school, I think. So, and then I was going on them like every year, if not a couple times a year. I love traveling. I love other cultures, and so um, that part was super fun. But the summer after my um, freshman year of college, I got to go spend the whole summer in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. And so um, that was re- really when I saw like my heart for missions shift to because I got to experience firsthand what um, sustainable partnerships could look like. And so I'll get more in depth in this in a few minutes. But um, yeah, there I got to I got to witness um, the way that business really can um, cultivate those those partnerships. I got to um, just spend the whole summer, three full months, like connecting with people and building those relationships and getting to know them on a deeper level than you can when you go somewhere for a week and then you don't come back for a year. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got interested in all of this. That's amazing. I definitely relate to a certain aspect of what you said. Like I went on a few missions trips in high school. 
um, with, and it wasn't like with a church, it was with its own organization. So it was like teenagers from all over the country. And I literally never questioned like the trips or my intentions. And I am dear friends with the people who go on those trips and know that um, they actually do like visit the same communities year after year and throughout the years. And so I would consider the organization that I went with to be like sustainable in that sense. But Mm -hmm. I do remember kind of just the first time I heard some critiques about people who went on mission trips specifically, you know, like you just want to go to a foreign country and like take pictures with kids. Like I was taken aback and it was good for me to like really process through that because that's like an ugly statement. And of course, no one wants to like identify with that. But it was good for me to like really think about that because I knew my heart was good, but I couldn't just leave it at that. Like it was important to really process through a lot of that. Um, And so that's why I think it's so great, the work that you're doing and just the questions that you're asking. And like you said, wanting to create that safety to have those conversations. So it's not like an accusational thing. It's just trying to move forward with this goal of making it beneficial for everyone. Definitely. And it takes so much humility, Paige, to like say, to say like, I can critique myself in the way I've done things in the past. Um, And that's, again, that's really what we're trying to do at Kindred Exchange is to create this safe space where people can come together and say, okay, let's look at the ways we've done things in the past. And then let's, let's talk about how we can do them better. And yeah, it's just, it's a learning process. Um, I always like to tell the story too, um, of, or kind of like the example um, of Tom's shoes And there's actually like multiple documentaries about this. Um, I think you can find them on YouTube. But Tom Shoes is a really great example because when they first came out, um, I feel like they were kind of like the beginning of social enterprise when, you know, they were like kind of like leading the way when it comes to businesses, like having a greater mission. So they did the whole one for one thing where if you buy some shoes, they'll give shoes away to to um, kids in an underdeveloped country, which obviously when you hear that, you think that's amazing. And so that's the thing is like, no one is going into missions being like, I want to, you know, strip people of their dignity and cause problems long-term. No one does that. Everyone has intentions, but um, you can see in the early years of Tom's shoes, when they were giving away all these shoes to these kids, they were taking away a lot of jobs from local shoemakers in these communities. And it was really messing up the economy. So long term, it had a negative effect, even though the heart behind it was good. And so I like to share this example, because Tom's took that and they adapted from that. And so now their model is a lot more sustainable. And they actually pay local shoemakers to make shoes. So it's like, when you buy shoes, they're paying local shoemakers to give shoes to um, their own community. So it's it's pouring back into those economies. That's huge. And like you said, humility is such an important part of that. I actually didn't realize that they had shifted that model. And so, yeah, yeah I love that they were like humble enough to be like, yeah, we're going to yeah. kind of look at our structure and take that feedback into consideration. That's so good. I want to go watch that documentary now. (laughs) So can you share a little bit about the origins of Kindred Exchange? I know you said you've had some like mentors and stuff. Did this really begin in college or how did this come to be? Yeah. So yeah, backing up to college, I met my mentor and now really close friend and business partner. Her name's Lauren. I met her through Lipscomb University, which is where I graduated college from. Never had her as a professor, which I think helps with the like friendship side of things. Like I don't feel like she's like this, you know, <laughs> authority figure, I guess. Yeah. Um, never had her in class, but my friends did. And they, my friend was actually the one that connected me with her. She was sitting in her class and was like, Abby, you need to meet this woman. Like you guys are, she's you in 10 years. And I had been actually, <laughs> I know <laughs> I had actually been praying for a mentor for a while. And so when Lauren came into my life, I like, we met for coffee, um, probably sat there for like two hours. And then afterwards I was like, this is going to sound weird, but I've been praying for a mentor and you check all the boxes and more of what I've been praying for. So like, can we <laughs> you know, have this mentor mentee relationship? And so that's Which I just have to say that's like really hard to ask. I've had yeah. that conversation with so many people who are like, I want a mentor, but like yeah. 
they seem busy. Even like me, I that's something I've been praying about. And it's like I would love someone who is a mom, but like moms are busy. And it feels hard to ask someone that. So I just want to like yeah. commend you for that because I need to work up the courage to like just ask somebody. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, like if you think about it, for yourself, if someone comes to you and asks for you to be their mentor, it's such an honor. And like, you want to pour time into people, even if it's, you know, once a month, like, so yeah, that's really, that's encouraging. But yeah, so I met Lauren and to be honest with you, a lot of kindred exchange is birthed from her experiences. So she um, lived abroad for five years. She lived in Southeast Asia um, as a missionary, her and her family. And she helped start a couple of businesses there in Laos um, that were social enterprises. And so um, she's got all the experience in the background behind really the heart of what we're doing. Um, but I got connected with her and fast forward a little bit, 2020 happened and I graduated college in 2020. So that was kind of tough because the job market was just not great. And I was applying for literally every job, like ugh, jobs I know I would have hated, but I was like, I just wanted, like, I wanted to feel independent when I graduated from college and now I'm living at my parents' house because I got kicked out of my dorm early. And it was just like, it was crazy. But all that to say that like that super uncomfortable and like rocky time period where I was trying to figure out what to do with my life really opened up the door for me to go full time with Kindred Exchange. And so Lauren and I had kind of been like dreaming up the idea of starting this organization for a while. Um, and whenever I finally decided, okay, like, I think I want to fundraise my salary and go full time with this. That was when we were really able to like get it off the ground. And so we officially launched in September of 2020. So, um, that's kind of how that came to be. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a really cool journey. And you say that so casually, but I have to hear the story. <laughs> I think I read it on your blog, but how yeah. you fundraise your salary for a year. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Wild. It was crazy. It was crazy. I, it wasn't my idea. Also, let me say that Lauren was actually the one that had, that had like mentioned it to me and was like, have you ever thought of fundraising your salary? Because like I said, she was a missionary for five years. And so there, I mean, her and her husband, they were used to living off of fundraising support. And that was kind of like, that was an area that she knew a lot about. And so as soon as she mentioned it to me, I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, like my first reaction was like, oh, I don't know about that. Um, you know, I was newly engaged and I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's not even just about me anymore. Like I'm about to get married. I don't know if like, I want to pull him into this life. Um, but the Lord just like gave me a lot of peace about it. And so, yeah, for a year I fundraised my salary and it was beautiful and exhausting. Like, I think I wrote about that in the blog post is like, there were a lot of hard things about it and like props to people who do this, like, year after year, I was committing one year to it. Cause I knew, I knew I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it for longer than a year. Um, and I knew that really like realistically, we just needed a year to kind of get off the ground. Um, and so, um, but yeah, props to people. Cause there, there are plenty of people that I've met through this process that like work for, um, organizations that they do this year after year and it's exhausting. Um, but it's also so spiritually, rewarding because it gives you the opportunity to partner with people and to rely on the Lord and actually like actually trust him to provide and like truly be dependent on him in a way that you've never had to be um or at least I had never had to be and that was really beautiful as well um and also I feel like what really like made me decide that this was the right choice too. Um, what gave me that, that affirmation was how supported I am by so many people in my community that, that caught the vision of kindred exchange early on and that I knew wanted to support the efforts of that. And also just my past experience with fundraising for mission trips and then having Lauren as a mentor who had fundraised her salary and just having like such an amazing support group. I felt so equipped to take it on. Um, and so, yeah, I officially 
like finished fundraising at the end of October, which was exactly a year. And real quick, like the story of that was so cool, um, finishing fundraising. So we, we go to a church in Nashville called Zeal, and it's been amazing. We just recently started going there in the past few months. But um, there was this one Sunday that we were talking about finances and specifically about the tithe and how, um, you know, really seeing like our money is not ours. We are only the stewards of it. And like God's not going to bless the efforts that we're doing if he can't trust us with like the simple task of giving back a small amount of what he's blessed us with. And so that really like stuck with me. And I told Carson right after that church service, I was like, I don't think like, I don't think the Lord is really going to bless like my fundraising process until I tithe. So back up, (laughs) we do tithe, but because my income was so um, inconsistent, like it was coming in so, you know, there was no rhyme or rhythm to like how my income was coming in. We were regularly tithing Carson's income, but then my income was kind of left to just like, okay, we need to remember to tithe this. But then a lot of times if you're, if you don't have a plan, you don't, you just forget. And so we did the calculations and it had been about seven months since I had tithed my income. And so I told Carson, I was like, I don't think the Lord's going to bless, bless this until I tithe 10% of what I brought in the past seven months, which was a large number <laughs> because that was a lot of money that came in, um, yeah. in seven months. And it felt scary, but Carson was like, you're right. Like, I agree. We need to, we need to tithe that. And we did that. And literally two days later, my parents came into town just to visit us and they told us that they had, um, gotten some money back because they had overpaid on their mortgage and the amount and they wanted to give me whatever they got back they wanted to give me to help me finish fundraising my salary and it was exactly what I needed to finish Stop. <laughs> yeah so it was like <laughs> literally two days later after tithing and I just felt like I felt the Lord saying like I I trusted you and you like you came through and and this is me showing you like I want to bless you but I have to trust you with the small things so that was, again, just a beautiful ending to my fundraising journey. And I'm so grateful I have this experience. So, Wow. That's yeah. incredible. I have heard so many stories of like just people releasing their finances and their trust to the Lord and yeah. God showing up with like the exact amounts that people need. And yeah. I love that that was a part of your story too. That is <laughs> Incredible. And just like practically speaking, I'm so curious, like what are some of your like fundraising methods that you did? Like, yeah, I know, again, this is kind of funny because it's in the same topic, I guess. But like whenever I fundraise for mission trips, I would like send out letters. Is that like part of what you did or speaking or did you like do, I don't know, did you sell like actual products or what was that like for you? Because I know you're creative. I feel like you had some creative (laughs) approaches. Oh my goodness, Paige. I did a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. (laughs) I I had monthly partners, which was really great. Um, And I think for anyone who's fundraising their salary, having just, you know, people that have committed to giving a certain amount each month, like having that that income that you know is going to be coming in is a huge like relief. <laughs> so that was a great thing. I had about 700 to a thousand dollars coming in monthly. So that was a huge, huge help. Um, but then besides that, I did a fundraiser that was like a virtual 5k because COVID, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> so we had to be COVID friendly. And then, um, yeah, I sold, I mean, I've always loved art. So like I would do art pieces for people. Um, we also were, I will say we were, were really, really blessed because for the most part, we live off of Carson's income. Um, and so we really were able like anything I brought in was just going towards, um, you know, just kind of helping with that, but also helping us pay off our student loan, um, And so it didn't feel like before we got married, I felt the weight of fundraising a lot more because I was like, if, if, if I don't get, you know, any donations this month, how am I going to pay my rent? But, (laughs) but when I got married that a lot of that like went away, um, and 
And so that was really helpful. But yeah, um, finding, finding people that catch the vision and like just asking, like I tell people all the time, I know fundraising is such a daunting thing. Like it's so scary to ask people for money. And I, I completely get that. Um, at the same time, like being a part of the kingdom of God, we all have different like things that we bring to the table. And so for me, I didn't have the money to bring to the table in this situation. I needed someone to help, you know, fund what we were doing and what I was doing, but I did have the time. I did have the passions. I did have the skill set. I had what it took to get Kindred Exchange off the ground. And so really framing it as like a partnership, I think is key because that's what it is in the kingdom of God. Like there are people that like, they may not have the time or the flexibility to start an organization, but they do have the financial capital that they want to invest in something and to be a part of something. And so I, I tell my, I tell everyone who's donated to me like all the time that they are just as much a part of like building Kindred Exchange as I am. Like I truly could not have done it without them. So that's been really cool. That's huge. I think that's something that has taken me a while to like grasp because when I was an angsty teenager, (laughs) I remember like I was so passionate about like being physically the hands and feet of Jesus. And like, I was like, why are my parents not going to come on these trips with me? Like I was really cynical, you know, but like they were helping fund that and that's huge. Yeah. And just the older I get, the more I'm like, God bless the people who are willing to like financially partner in that way. Cause like us in this life stage, that is like not where we're at. We're not able to like donate thousands of dollars to people. And so I yeah. think it's so amazing to, to really have that mindset because you have to think about the whole picture. For sure. Yeah. And I just want to say too, like if anyone listening to this is fundraising their salary or know someone fundraising their salary, like please put them in contact with me because I've become really passionate about just supporting people. I mean, encouraging them, praying for them, but also like now that we are in a place where we are more financially stable and we have just recently paid off our student loans. So we're debt free and I've fundraised my salary and I'm getting paid now. Like we feel passionate about wanting to come alongside people that are doing the same thing as, as I did and being able to support them financially too. So yeah, put them in contact with me because we're looking for people. Definitely. I actually have one of my, my best friend's roommates is doing that right now. She's working for FCA. I don't know what exactly she's doing for them, but I think that's part of it. So that's amazing. I'll definitely, after this, get you her contact information. So what is a day look like when you're working as a creative director of Kindred Exchange? Like I know this is um, in part with your business uh, mentor and friend um, and partner. So if someone, is it like consulting? If someone comes to you and is like, hey, we want to take this trip or is it churches or kind of what exactly is your role in the greater conversation of sustainable and ethical missions? Yeah, that's really good. And let me just paint the picture of Kindred Exchange real quick, because I feel like I've, I've talked about our mission, but I haven't said practically what we do yet. <laughs> so, um, and it's changed a lot as it does when you start anything, it's going to shift and mold and we've innovated totally. and stuff. So um, yeah, but what we do is we actually offer business coaching for nonprofit organization founders, and then also um, social enterprise founders, people that are wanting to create that sustainable impact through a business type context. Um, And we offer coaching for them. So we are actually just wrapped up our fall cohort. Um, We had, uh, I want to say there were seven people in the cohort. Um, And so I had seven people be a part of that. And we walked them through everything with business. So you're basically getting like a little, you know, business degree in a way. (laughs) Um, You're learning everything I learned in business school. I'll say that. So um, we teach them business skills and then we also walk them through their mission models. So it's kind of this like, I don't know, it's like they go hand in hand to us. And so, um, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of what we do right now. We also have like, like I said, we create safe spaces. So we have a blog, Um, we do a lot of different partnerships with social enterprises. So we're kind of, we we kind of do a little bit of everything, but really like the business coaching is kind of our main focus right now. And even that model is going to shift a little bit going into the spring. We're looking at just working with, um, 
Ugandan nationals in the spring, which is going to be really cool. We have like, I think three to five um, Ugandan entrepreneurs that have come to us and are really interested in coaching. And so we're probably going to be working with them um, in the spring and then potentially going to Uganda at the end of that cohort and hosting a graduation ceremony. And so we're really, really pumped for that and just to kind of like change the coaching model a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we do with Kendrick Change. And then my role specifically as the creative director, um, creatively, I do everything, like pretty much anything visual you see with Kendrick Change, I do. Um, and yeah, so that's been, that's been really fun. It's a lot. I do the website. I do the graphics, the blog graphics. As you know, this is a show for creative Christian women, and I truly believe every single one of you listening right now fit into this category. So I want to take a second to share with you about one of my favorite creative companies, Alabaster Co. Alabaster is changing the way that people experience the Bible. Their vision is for people to see God as beautiful, and they do this by combining beauty and faith in their thoughtfully designed books and Bible sets. Alabaster kindly gifted our family the book of Genesis and Acts, and not only do they look absolutely beautiful in our new home, but I love that keeping them out as decoration actually prompts us to pick them up and get into God's word more. So if you want to get your own Alabaster books and Bibles, head on over to alabasterco.com and use the code pageguidal 10 to get 10% off at checkout. That's pageguidal 10 to get 10% off your order. Okay, that is actually what I want to talk to you about next because you recently transitioned into a career of graphic design. And from what you (laughs) shared on Instagram, that was like kind of out of the blue and God just like placed this in your lap. So I want to hear like, is this something that was a hobby? Did you have Mm -hmm. to take like graphic design courses in business school or just like how did this come to be? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So I've always loved art, always loved it. Um, I really thought I was going to go to school for graphic design. That was kind of my plan all throughout high school. And then after spending the summer in Ethiopia, I just realized like, I really wanted to go the business route. So actually my, the major that I majored in in college is called missional entrepreneurship. So it's like perfect for what I'm doing. Um, but again, I've always had this love for art but I've never been technically trained in graphic design. So I will say with that, there's been a lot of imposter syndrome and just doubt that I've been experiencing that I know is from the enemy, but that's, that's been kind of the hurdles I've been jumping through the past few months. But yeah, the way this came to be was so for actually through Kendrick exchange. So for our fall cohort, um, my role as a coach for those um, business and nonprofit founders was to help, them create websites and create their brands. Um, and so, um, through that, I really found out that I have such a love for working with people that are passionate founders that just want to basically put visuals to their vision. Um, and so again, I had, I had done a lot of web design and brand design for small side hustles. And then for kindred exchange, like so I had a little bit of experience, but it was all very grassroots. Like I taught myself everything on YouTube and Google. So, (laughs) um, and so it was really fun working with these business owners. And through that, I realized I just have such a love for it. And then, um, in addition to the cohort, I had like a lot of people start reaching out to me and I wasn't, I wasn't putting anything out there. Like I wasn't advertising myself as a web and brand designer, but somehow there was just like a handful of people that were coming to me and being like, Hey, can you help us design a logo? And can you help, can you do our website? And so through that, I just found, I really have a love for it. And so basically I've been doing that for about four months and I'm finally just in a place where I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready to like put a name to this and to like give myself a brand and give myself a website, you know, because I'm doing this for everyone else. So it's time to do it for myself. Um, and it really is in perfect timing because again, um, with kindred exchange, like we're in a place where we can start paying me part-time, which is a huge, huge praise, but I still need that supplemental other part-time income. And so this really gives me like a great way to make that extra income 
in a way that's still very flexible with my schedule and it's kind of, you know, on my own timing. And so that's been super, super fun. And I also like, I'd love to share a little bit about why I chose the name. Is that the yes, name? please, <laughs> please do. Yeah. So again, I haven't like put this out there. I'm literally going to probably go do an Instagram story after we get off this call. Um, <laughs> but I chose the name Ember Designs because, do you know the song Fresh Wind? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So in the lyrics, they say, um, revival embers smoldering, breath of God fan us into flames is the line that has really stuck with me. And so I actually had listened to that song like probably about a year ago. And the word ember, I just think is a really beautiful word. And it kind of stuck out to me. And I actually put it on a list of baby names because like every girl has a running list of baby names, right? Of course. <laughs> and I was like, that's so cute. I have to name my daughter that one day. But then when I started kind of dreaming up the design business, I couldn't stop thinking about the name Ember. And I was like, no, I don't want to name the business Ember because then I can't name my daughter that one day. But it just kept sticking. And I realized the reason why is because um, the idea of of an Ember. So an Ember is like this, it's like this little flick spark of fire that just needs a little bit of wind to get it going so that it can turn into a flame. And for me, like, that's what I want my design business to be is I I feel like we, we as, you know, Jesus's followers have so many beautiful ideas and our ideas can only go so far. We need his wind to come in. We need his, his breath to breathe on what we do um, to really set it aflame. And so, especially with, with wanting to work with entrepreneurs um, and founders and businesses that, um, are really mission driven. I felt like this was the perfect name for my design business. So yeah, that's, that's the meaning of embers. I love how intentional that is. And even as you were explaining it, it was like all of the puzzle pieces were clicking together in my mind. Like, (laughs) I love how you said you want to put visuals to the vision. And I just think that name perfectly encompasses your mission and what you're doing. And I've seen some of your work already and I just, I love it. I love that you have that like niche. And because I feel like you have this understanding of ethical and sustainable missions, you've like worked in that realm. You can really think about their design from all sorts of perspectives and angles. And even as you were talking about how you originally wanted to go to school for graphic design, but you went to school for business instead, like I just love how the Lord does things in a way that we don't always understand. But now, of course, like from where I'm standing, just hearing your story for the first time, I'm like, of course he did it like that. Because had you not, you know, gone to school for business, maybe you wouldn't have made these connections and like pursued uh, a career and mission in like this world. And now he's like bringing it back so you can implement like your graphic design skills. But I just love how, how, that journey went for you because it seemed to put you in exactly the place that he wanted to have you in. That's so cool. That's really cool. I haven't even thought about that. So that's really, that's encouraging. Yeah. He, his plans maybe don't make sense in our timeline, but then when you zoom out and look at the big, the big picture, you're like, of course, of course he had that for me. So yeah, that's super cool. So just switching gears a little bit, you have shared before on like Instagram and stuff that engagement was like kind of a challenging season for you. And I know that this is actually the case for a lot of people and it can feel so hard, you know, in any like new transitional season of life, whether that's being engaged or newlywed or pregnant or like having a new baby. These are like huge things that we talk about on the show and that a lot of us are in right now. I know it can be so hard because it feels like it should be just like the most joyful season and that's it. Like one note, I'm so happy and it almost feels like, I don't know, grief or um, anger or these other like negative emotions like cannot exist in those things and we see other people talking about how excited they are that they have like bridal showers or baby showers and like all the happy things. And I know like I have felt um, during some of those big seasons of life, many things at once. And I've been like, I don't just feel happy, but I should. So I don't know. That's a bit of, I guess, my own thoughts mixed in there. But I would love to hear kind of from you what that was like for you. Was this last spring? 
when you were yeah, engaged? We got engaged in July of last year. Okay. Um, of 2020. Yeah. So, um, Yes. And I think too, like what you were saying is like, everyone expects it to be like, that's the key word is expects. And we put these expectations on ourselves. And so I was reflecting on this a while ago, but I was like, I just put like unrealistic expectations on myself to just be completely joyful and happy for the entire season of engagement. We were engaged for seven months. So like, first of all, no one's going to be just sitting on cloud nine for seven months straight. Um, Amen. That's <laughs> happen. Um, and yeah. And I think too, like when people ask you how you're doing in a season that they know that you're going through something exciting, the way that we frame our questions to people is always like, Oh, it's not even like offering space for them to be honest about where they are. It's a lot of times we'll come to them and be like, Oh my gosh, you're engaged. Like what an exciting season. Like, are you just like so happy? And that's how we frame it. And so you feel like you have to respond with yes, but then you feel like you're living in a lie because maybe you're not. And so, and you know, everyone's situations are different. But for me, we got engaged right in the middle of just a lot of transition for me. Like, like I said, being kicked out of like my home early, like, I don't know, I know it was a dorm, but like I lived on the in the dorms for three years. And like, that was my home. And I got kicked out of it and, you know, had to go move back in with my parents, which I love my parents, but that just wasn't part of my plan. And then started a business and had to start fundraising my salary. And then right around the same time, my parents moved out of the state, which they had never like lived far away. It was just a lot of transition for me. And then having to mentally prepare to become a wife, like, that's a whole new title that I'm like learning how to transition into. And I found myself experiencing like crazy amounts of anxiety, um, way more than I had experienced in a long, long time. And so with that, like this, this seems a little petty maybe, but with that, I, my face started breaking out and I had like put on a little bit of weight and not to say that that's a bad thing, but that was just my body's response to protecting me from myself in a way. And then I just kind of would like, I don't know, get caught up in that and be like, well, this isn't what I wanted to look like or feel like before my wedding day. And it was just like this vicious cycle of like negative self-talk and anxiety and living in the lie that like my entire season of engagement was going to be perfect. So again, I think it was, it was putting those crazy, like unrealistic expectations on myself and, and really like forcing myself to be perfect when you don't need to enter a marriage being perfect. Like really you need to enter a marriage being so real. And like, it's a time where you're really just like, you're being vulnerable and you're entering into a partnership with someone for the rest of your life. And so you have to like learn to kind of drop that perfectionism mindset and and just be vulnerable. So. Oh my gosh. Yes. How many of us like want so badly to portray ourselves as perfect, like having our nails done when we get engaged. That's just kind of like a silly example. And I think I've never thought about it in those terms, but it is so true that we want to portray ourselves obviously in the best light, especially to our spouse. And so we have this pressure from ourselves to look a certain way and to act a certain way. And I don't know if this is something that you've experienced or other people have experienced. I like kind of laugh about it, but it's also been really hard that we've had so many moments three years in where we're like, whoa, you were not this person before we got married. Like, oh, you think that joke is funny? Like you (laughs) think that this is the best way to spend your time. Like this was not who you were before we got married. And I think it's just a natural thing. But like you said, we need to enter marriage and even be dating like in a real way because our spouses are going to be getting the real version of us for the rest of our lives, not like the perfected version. And so, yeah, I think it really is a hard season in so many ways. And so I really appreciate your vulnerability and sharing that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I always tend to lean more towards the vulnerable side, but a lot of that comes from like, I find so much encouragement through other people who show up vulnerably and just, you know, are so real. 
Um, and so I'm, I'm always encouraged by people who do that. And so I, I really try to do the same and just, you know, and, and of course there were amazing parts of being engaged too. It's not like it's, it's a really beautiful thing and it's a fun season. Um, but like any fun season, it's going to have its ups and downs. Like even, even now I tell people like, I'm, tr- I'm truly am working my dream job, like the design business and Kendrick change. There are my dream jobs. And at the same time, like there are days when I don't want to work and there are days when I feel burnt out and just never, nothing's ever going to be this beautiful masterpiece that we paint in our head. Like, so yeah, just not lowering expectations, but not placing crazy high expectations on ourselves to where we can't meet those. And then we're disappointed. I think learning to be content is really key and, and finding joy in in the simple and small things. So Totally. That literally reminds me of like, I've never thought about this before, but even just like Jesus dying and being risen again, like what an example of holding this tension, right? Like obviously his death for like his mom. And I'm thinking about it now from like a mother's perspective and like the disciples and all his followers, like that is tragic. That is like earth shattering, but also so exciting because that means we can like be with him forever and our sins are washed away. And that is life. Is it not? Like I just think about now in, in motherhood and just, yeah, for everyone, it's like, feels like as time goes on, the highs get higher and the lows get lower, but they can coexist. And I think I love that you said that we frame things in a way that almost doesn't allow people to like be honest. And I've caught myself doing that before. Like, yeah, are you so excited? What's someone going to say? No, like (laughs) it's, it's hard to feel like, I don't know. Sometimes if people ask me those things, I feel like I'm being a downer or like even in our move, like I love having our home and it's so great to be near family, but like I also really miss California and sometimes I don't always feel like safe to say that because then someone will follow it up like, well, at least X, Y, Z and they're like trying to be positive, but I don't know. I I just think that's some good food for thought for all of us as we're like talking to friends about things, like maybe asking more open-ended questions so they don't feel like they're having to um, be like confrontational when saying no, actually things are hard, you know? Yeah. And I think too, people appreciate when you, when you're honest, like, yeah, they may offer some, some, something positive and be like, well, at least this is going well. But I don't think, I don't think they're doing that out of a place of like feeling awkward. I think truly, like, I think they probably appreciate your honesty and then they're, they are just like offering, you know, more perspective to it. But I, I love it when people are just honest and, and show up vulnerably and they're like, yeah, this isn't going well, but you know, we're working through it. So, um, yeah, totally. That's so good. Abby, this conversation has been so good today. I feel like we could chat for so long. I just want to wrap up by asking the same questions I ask every guest. So what are three things that you have been loving lately? So (laughs) the first one cracks me up because I literally have gotten into this because of the fact that I Instagram stalked you. So, okay. (laughs) uh, So the first one is I've been loving orange juice with sulfurzyme. It is (laughs) so good. Yeah. Which you posted about on your Instagram story. I had actually gone on your Instagram story or on your Instagram page to see if you had anything about hair growth, because I was like, her hair looks so good. And I was trying to find a way to grow my hair out and found a hair growth highlight and was like, this is awesome. And so got myself some of the sulfurzyme powder, which is like for people who don't know, I think it's like a keratin based powder that is a great supplement for hair and nail growth um, and just, you know, overall skin health, all the things Um, Mm -hmm. and have been drinking it with orange juice every morning. And I don't know, it's just been like the highlight of my morning. I've really enjoyed it. I love that. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. That makes me that makes me happy. (laughs) And then the next thing, um, so every year I do the She Reads Truth Advent plan. Do you know She Reads Truth? Yes. Yeah. Actually, one of our guests, I'll have to look where it is, Um, Sarah Jansen Alman. She was on episode 10. I can't remember. She was actually in their like Christmas photo shoot, which was so fun to see. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Yeah, They're based 
out of Nashville here. So, um, yeah, I think she literally drove to Nashville for that shoot. She's a redhead. So that's amazing. if you see anything on socials, that's everything there. they create is so beautiful. Like, I know you talk about like alabaster. Yes. A lot, which I also, I need to like buy, I need to buy some of their things, but um, I, I follow them on Instagram and everything they create is beautiful. And I feel like it's very similar with She Reads Truth is like, I am so, I have such a easier time like diving into the word and doing my devotional every day when I know it's going to be like beautiful and aesthetic. I don't know. Something about totally. it is just, it's just it's like nice. how the Lord wired you. I totally really Yeah. Like. Right. And so I've been doing their advent plan. I do it every year. Um, and it's just like a fun, sweet time. I love like advent and Lent. Like I just feel like are really special seasons for me personally in my relationship with the Lord. And um, and it's cool with like huge shoot. They have like the community board, which honestly I don't comment on a lot. I should, I should like be more involved on there, but it's like cool to see people's comments in real time. Cause you know, it's like you're reading with other people. Um, and so I like the community aspect of it as well. So, yeah. um, and then lastly, so it's, it's Christmas time. So I've been like trying to find good gifts for people. And I know you mentioned like you love shopping, um, from, ethical, ethical stores and, um, ethical businesses. And so for me, one of my favorites is a company called Ababa collection. And the reason that they're my favorite is because, um, their suppliers are actually my friends who have businesses in Ethiopia. So it's literally made by artisans that I'm like friends with personally and got to spend like the whole summer working alongside and they make just beautiful products. They have like leather goods, like purses and wallets and clutches and that kind of thing. Um, but then they also have like textiles, um, which are like handwoven from just beautiful silk cotton. And it's, they're so beautiful, but I love buying the like hand towels. They're called guest towels on their website. Um, but they're like $16. So they're just great to give to like lots of people as gifts. And I love, I love like sharing the mission, love sharing that like these are people that I know personally, and I know that their lives are being changed through this business. And so, yeah, love that business. And then I actually, I'm like an ambassador for them, not to like be like. No, please share. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I actually have like a free shipping code. So if anyone is interested in shopping with them, you can get free shipping. And that code's just Abby, A-B-B-Y, all caps. So. Okay. What's, what's their website? I want to write this down. It's. Um, I think it's Ababa Collection, AbebaCollection.com. So that's A-B-E-B-A. A-B-E-B-A. Okay. Perfect. We'll also link that in the show notes and on our Instagram. Love that. Love that you use that code Abby for free shipping. That's so good. They're great. They're great. Abby, how can we as a community be praying for you? This question is so sweet. I just need prayers that I can find like good rhythms and processes to be able to manage two businesses at one time. Like that's new with having the design business on top of Kindred Exchange. Like it's new with me transitioning to being part-time with Kindred Exchange. And so just finding like finding what my capacity is and then creating rhythms and processes that support that um, and that, you know, give me life outside of work. Like I don't want to be working 24 seven. So just, you know, I would love prayers that like the Lord really helps guide that process for me. And that I just figure it out sooner rather than later. Cause a lot of people have to figure it out the hard way, but I would really just pray that the Lord can give me the insight. And so I don't have to like learn the hard way. <laughs> yeah. That he can spare you in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. And then where can people connect with you um, just to chat with you more? And then also Kindred Exchange, where can they find them too? Yeah. So Kindred Exchange is going to be kindred.exchange on Instagram. And then our website is kindredexchange.co. Um, and then for me personally, I'm, I'll be changing my Instagram name today. So I'll give the new one. You can find me on Instagram at emberdesigns.co. And then also my website is emberdesigns.co. So that will be going live today as well. And again, like, again, if anyone like resonated with fundraising my salary, fundraising your salary, or I mean, really anything, engagement, anything we talked about, like, I love, I love connecting with people. So please reach out. Don't be a stranger. I'm excited to meet you. 
Amazing. Abby, thank you again for coming on. I love talking with you and I can't wait to share our conversation. Thank you so much, Paige. It was an honor. Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I am so grateful you decided to join us today and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. If you like today's show, I would love to encourage you to share it with a girlfriend. You can also screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories, which will help more like-minded women find our show. Speaking of Instagram, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and follow us? Because guys, I promise we're super fun. (laughs) We share content there throughout the week about the show, and it's a great way to connect with fellow listeners and keep up with the guests that you might have heard. We also do fun quarterly giveaways and just share inspiring content. If you're looking for more connection, you can also join our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes of every episode. There are weekly episode discussions, and it's a great way to find friends and listeners who might be in your area. And finally, if you'd like to support us, you can please write a review on iTunes because this will help boost our show so other like-minded women can find it. Your support means so much to me, you guys. Thank you again for being here. So grateful for you. We'll see you next week for another episode.